We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the KC Laboratory, again brought to you by our good pals at Emprise Bank. I am Craig Stout. I am joined this week by my good pal, Maddie Lane, who is not scared to face me. Kent apparently is. He just straight up forgot me off the last podcast, and now he's ducking me. Maddie, I know how you feel now. The man doesn't want anything to do with me. He's ducking me. I, you know, and this might, you know, this might occur again next week and the week after <laughs> and maybe the week after that, you know, you know what happens can't like, you know, here's one time they might want to see him on television local to Kansas city. And he's like, you know what? I don't, don't think those guys need me on Thursdays. Anymore. I don't, I don't need this podcast anymore. I oh, am TV Lord. only now. I mean, you see That's that hair. Can you blame him though? I know like, he has makeup. I really there. can't he get makeup for the podcast. Uh, I, 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 I want to stay I, mad I at him, but I can't. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to Monday's show because, and I don't think it showed up on the show, but in the private chat, I had to fight tooth and nail for us to talk about the defensive training camp storylines. I had to fight. I had to grind. I had to dig my heels in. So we talked about defense earlier this week and I did it for you. Uh, I really appreciate that, buddy. I did get to listen a little bit on my commute. So um, I really did appreciate the defensive talk and there was so much defensive talk that we're going to lead with the offense today. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Training camp has officially started. Rookies and quarterbacks and injured players are there. That is why there has been so much focus on a player like Isaiah Pacheco, who is doing a lot of work with a yellow jersey on. Um, like that's <laughs> basically don't touch the man. He is still recovering, but. I mean, we don't have to spend too much time on Isaiah Pacheco, Maddie. But when asked today if he was going to be ready for week one, said in one word, absolutely. Um, I don't think that any of us are worried about Pacheco. It's just Andy put a little bit of fear into us by saying, well, we'll see if he's going to go on pup. Maddie, 
I, I'm not worried about him at all. Are you worried about him at all? No, I mean, not not in the slightest. He's, I mean, one, I get it. He's in a yellow jersey, so you can't hit him. But, like, he's out right. there doing everything they're possibly allowing him to do at training camp before he technically had to be there. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, you know, look at the way he look at the way he runs. And, like, that seems to be the way he entirely, entirely uh, approaches the game of football. He's mm-hmm. as long as something doesn't backslide, he's going to play. And you know what? They can keep him in as much contact as he seeks out. Keep him in the yellow jersey all camp. I don't even see him. <laughs> right? No kidding. <laughs> like, he put him on the Jet McKinnon playing just for camp, you know, and then you have him ready for a week one. Just don't. Let him get hit. I'm not sure that man knows how to practice half speed. I, I'm, I'm sure he'll figure it out. But, yeah, he's good. Another player that is there. This one we'll talk a little bit more about uh, an injured player here. Mike Edwards, uh, Chief safety, missed part of OTAs and minicamp due to a lingering hamstring issue. Took full opportunity to show up to camp, show up a little bit early try and get some reps, try and get integrated into the team. I, I mean, I think that's a good move, Maddie. If you got a, a veteran guy that's coming in here, a, you know, for a team like Steve Spagnuolo's defense that really wants you up to speed to get on the field, I think it's a great approach by Mike Edwards. Yeah, I mean, I think so. It, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and that kind of, I think, lets you know, again, show the character, the football character that Edwards has. He's going to get there early because he can. He's going to go through all the stuff. It's also a nice time for the Chiefs to slide him up onto the podium, let him show a little bit about who he is to media, to fans, and all that stuff. But yeah, you love to see that he's there. You really love to see him say such high high praise about second-year safety Brian Cook, yeah. who, I mean, listen, I would call a spade a spade right here. I think us especially, but I think most Chiefs fans were probably the most lukewarm on that pick of all of last year's draft class. That was the one pick that I think most fans were kind of like, okay, we don't hate it. No one hates it. We just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, people didn't love it the same way they seem to love every other pick there in the second round. Well, guess what? When you have a veteran like Mike Edwards come in who has won a Super Bowl, who has played at a very good secondary, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, (laughs) and comes in singing those praises immediately, whoo, that, that, that means something. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to talk about next. This is the quote from Mike Edwards about Brian Cook. He says that he doesn't look like a player who was a rookie last year, and then the most important part, he's making all the calls back there. Now, keep this in mind. Brian Cook is not at camp right now. He is not there. This is coming from OTAs and from minicamp. That means that Brian Cook is out here making a bunch of calls and everything like that, presumably running with the first team next to Justin Reed. That is more than a little significant in my mind. Steve Spagnuolo doesn't just dole that, you know, dole that out to whoever it is that he wants. We talked, you know, a ton about the linebacker position, the green dot, how he wants players that can go out there that can call everything. You guys talked about that a little bit last week. It was a very, or on Monday, I, my weeks are mixed up a little bit here, but it's definitely something that Steve Spagnolo covets. And Brian Cook just basically being handed some of these play calling responsibilities, be able to do some of this stuff, that is massive. That doesn't mean that Justin Reed's importance to this team is any, you know, dimin- any, you know, more diminished or anything like that. I think that he's prime for a big year he's certainly a big player this year 
having those two guys both being able to call the defense, both being able to spit all that stuff out, both being able to know exactly who needs to be where and the adjustments on all of that, that has me more excited for Brian Cook than I think that I could have been, you know, going into the season is hearing a veteran player come in and say, hey, listen, this guy's different. He's already on top of all of it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it especially goes a lot with this Chiefs team. When you start to look around, like Juan Thornhill had been here for a while. And mm-hmm. while I think we all kind of agree that he had a little bit more of a role specific like play style, he was very much a deep safety. He wasn't as much of a man cover guy, wasn't mu- as much of a box safety, but he'd been here. He was a veteran. You bring in a Justin Reed, you bring in a Brian Cook. On the surface, it looks like they have a little bit of an overlapping skill set. You don't know how much versatility you're going to continue to get from this unit. Hearing that Brian Cook's out here making calls, it's probably at rookie camp, so like Justin mm-hmm. Reed isn't there to also be making calls, but still, just hearing that Brian Cook is there making calls, that means that he understands the assignments of everybody in the secondary. That means he probably understands the assignments of the rest of the defense that's got to give you a little bit more confidence in their ability to play a little bit more versatile on the back end and their ability to maybe utilize, you know, more safety rotations, different personnel packages. Maybe Justin Reed doesn't always have to be the box safety anymore because you have another guy that knows it all and is ready to spit it all out and communicate it with everyone else. Like it does nothing besides make you feel more confident in what they have going Uh, I think on the back end there. And I'm really excited to see it. I think I kind of wrote about it in the playoffs last year that he had a pretty good game and against the Jacksonville Jaguars filling in Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, some of the other rookie defensive backs. And I'm excited to see what he can do when the reins are kind of clearly handed over to him. Even if Mike Edwards, you could say starting not, even if Mike Edwards does take a little bit of that role, I think you're going to see a lot more Brian Cook this year. At bare minimum, he is going to be a heavily rotated third safety. I think he might outright win that starting job. But you're going to see a lot more of him, and I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think everybody kind of remembers the way that he closed out the year. Like, most Chiefs fans want to get excited about the way that Leo Chanel closed out the year, which was yeah. good. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to take anything away from Leo. Brian Cook's development throughout the year was uh, arguably better. I, I really felt like from the player that we watched him be in camp last year to where he was there during the playoff run in the Super Bowl – you know, the the difference was night and day. It really was just him getting up to speed, him understanding the terminology, him really able to play fast mentally. So again, this is significant if it is one of those things that Steve Spagnolo is entrusting him to basically take on more responsibility, take on the ability to spit all that out, and on top of that, be able to play fast. Has me really excited there. Another young guy in camp this week. Wanye Morris got to be on the podium for a little bit there. Uh, guy that has been featured, a lot of hoopla around him, especially since he's taken a lot of left tackle snaps. We will see what's going to really happen with the offensive tackles and how all of that's going to shake out once everybody gets there. All the veterans and everything will get media eyes on it. We are going to have, finally, some depth chart kind of look into all of that stuff once everybody's in-house there. But I thought... I felt like possibly the funniest moment of all of this was when Wanye Morris was asked if he was a trash talker and Felix Enaduke Uzama, who happened to be sitting in the press tent, un, you know, unwrapping like a lot of his tape and stuff like that, chimes in with a hell yeah. Like <laughs> he, he definitely uh, wanted everybody to know that Wanye Morris is 
you know, has that element to his game. It has that sort of stuff. They seem to be putting Wanye on the podium a lot. They seem to be talking about him a lot, Maddie. Do we think that he's on a faster track than we expected here? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it's not – the veterans aren't there. Um, Donovan Smith probably could have got in there early like Mike Edwards did, I would assume, coming off of an injured year, and he didn't. And that doesn't say a bad thing. I don't mean that in a negative light, right? He he already – Donovan Smith has showed up to different parts of camp when he could, so I'm, I don't mean that negatively. But there, there probably hasn't been anything to take away from the offensive line yet. They're not able to do anything but seven-on-seven seven and some offensive line drills. Like, they're not doing a lot. So I think we kind of got to wait and see. I think we got to wait and see what happens. The Chiefs will not thrust a rookie offensive lineman out there before he is ready. They won't do it. They simply won't do it. They will bend over backwards to play these other guys that they have that are veterans that have been around before they put a rookie out there that they don't feel is ready. So if he gets out there, Andy Heck, Andy Reid feels like he's ready and you just got all you can do with that is roll with it and see what happens. I think it would be quite surprising to me to see a guy that played right tackle at Oklahoma come to the NFL and start as a rookie at left tackle. Yes, he has played left tackle in the past. I don't think it looked as particularly as good as he did playing right tackle, but it was a different offensive system. He probably has better coaching now than he did under Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee, one of the worst offenses we've ever, you know, that anyone's ever seen if you follow college football. <laughs> so he probably has better coaching. Maybe he can do it. It's just I would be hesitant to start to get my hopes up for that at this point in time. I would as well, but I'm not going to get my hopes up for what's coming after the break because I already know, but y'all can get your hopes up while we are in this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Drop a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can. Do that. Helps the channel. All that is great. 
We got one more. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This week for the five-star reviews, drop them. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Just leave the five-star. You can tell us everything we need to do better. Yell at Kent for not being here, if you would like. Um, oh, he'll he'll never he won't listen, but he'll he might read the reviews. Um, five star review and tell us one: be mad at Kent for not being here, and two: who is the fifty fourth player on this Chiefs roster? Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about the depth chart here in a little bit. Who is your fifty fourth player? Who is the first player? The I guess the last player to not make the team's active roster. Put that in your five star reviews, please. That's what I want to see coming through on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you guys listen to. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, we got one more. Camp storyline to get to before we get to the aforementioned depth chart 53-man discussion here. We can't get out of here today without talking about Rasheed Rice. And all Rasheed Rice, who, today. Right, who had wonderful catches, was able to keep his stomach in check. For those who don't know, uh, day one was throwing up a little bit. Um, reportedly, though, Maddie, I mean, we, I think everybody kind of took that took Andy Reid's comments from OTAs and went, oh, no, the man is out of shape, which Andy kind of alluded to in OTAs. It's like, hey, listen, he's got to get his fitness under control. He's got to get running. Not something that I am terribly concerned about coming out of the system that he was. To be fair, he had gained gained about 10, 12 pounds from the combine to the reporting, uh, to what his self-reported weight was. He said he got up to like 212, 214 and got back down to 200. He weighed in at like just over 200 at the combine. He yeah. apparently played in the two, like low, low 200. So he did apparently add a little bit of weight and maybe that's all Andy was referencing. And I don't care. I don't care if a college age care. kid added 10 pounds after <laughs> his combine, after his big professional interview and leading up to the draft and celebrating the draft, he added 10 pounds. Like don't care. Just he did, but no. he did add weight. So maybe he did need to run a little bit. Maybe he did. Maybe he did need to run just a little bit there. I mean, Listen, the man added 10 pounds after college. I I mean, I, I should be so lucky. Um, I, you know, it, it is what it is. Had yesterday that he had a semi-big day, reportedly made a couple of catches, had a score, threw up in the middle of practice, comes back today and gains a lot of praise for his play, looked really good, making a lot of contested catches. Maddie. I believe you kind of, when we were talking about this, I think we were talking a little bit about Trent McDuffie. We were talking a little bit about Rasheed Rice and the performances that we can kind of look at in camp and what they mean. I I can't remember if it was you, if it was Kent that mentioned, hey, listen, we know that Rasheed Rice isn't going to be going up against the best of the best in rookie camp, but we need him to perform. Like if, if you're hearing him perform well and the, the level that he's playing at is good enough to gain headlines every single day. That is an incredibly positive thing because that means he's off to a good start so far, even with the throwing up part of that yesterday, it seems like the on field work is really paying dividends so far. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, first of all, even while apparently puking and dealing with a little bit of just exhaustion or whatever it may be, he made a couple nice catches according to, you know, eyewitness accounts that are there. And it sounds like his second day went even better. No reports of any sickness or anything like that. Um, he made it was list or reported as a handful of nice catches. I think the Chiefs were even kind enough to tweet out one of the uh, plays where he made a nice, you know, jumping kind of contested catch in mm-hmm. the end zone. It seems like early, you know, it's early point. It's mostly rookies there right now. Maybe a few injured guys. So it's not like he is going up against the Trent McDuffie's, the Jalen Watson's, the Jerry Sneeds yet. But 
he's performing. He's performing against the guys that you would expect him to excel against. It's seven on seven, so it's going to favor him as well, but he's still making plays when it matters. He's still doing things to make plays. He's making his presence felt. That's all you can really ask for right now from training camp. One, we're not seeing everything. Two, they're not even attempting to show you more than like 2% of whatever kind of practice and work they're doing there in St. Joe. So just getting these little glimpses that say he's doing something, you at least feel good. You at least feel like he belongs on this NFL field with other NFL players. And that's that's all you can really ask for from rookies. Do they look like they belong? And Rasheed Rice, outside of being a little sick that first day, looks like he belongs. And also, he went up to his presser and didn't seem like it was something that was holding him back. It just seemed like he no. needed to catch his breath for a little bit. And then he went and did you know his entire press conference and everything seemed fine. So things seem to be trending the right way for him. Yeah, I, I especially like that he played into the bit a little bit when he came up, you know, took the podium and he was going, <sighs> and he's like, ah, just kidding. You know, it's, it's great, man. Hey, you're self-aware, you know, you know what everybody's saying about you, you know all that. The fact that he came to the podium and did that, honestly, made me feel even better about the entire situation. So yeah, because he doesn't have his phone. He's not connected to social media while out there. He doesn't know that, you know, whether people are being real or just kind of trolling and joking about the situation that that's what a lot of people are talking about. So he just, he was aware enough to know that like people saw that and he's going to play, you know, poke fun of it. And that that's amazing. Absolutely. Who, who hasn't worked out and thrown up while doing so at some point in time in their life? I mean, me, but I also <sighs> am not somebody who works out that hard i am a very lazy individual so if i tried to do a workout like that i would absolutely be puking everywhere but you know it is what it is so i i do think that rasheed rice really started well in camp that is really good to hear i mean there's a lot of negativity maybe about the the chiefs wide receiver position and there are a lot of people that are really kind of banking on this group being the future going forward i think that this kind of helps uh, everybody who's kind of, you know, on one side or another, seeing that this is going well so far is a very positive thing because it's not like he's just got some random Joe Schmo throwing him the ball either. Patrick Mahomes is the one that's throwing him the ball here. So the fact that he's on the same page, things are clicking, he's making catches with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball, that, that's far from a bad thing for this team. I saw this Netflix show that said that Patrick Mahomes guy is kind of good. Oh, is he? Okay. So the Netflix show told me. That's what the that's what the Netflix show told you. All right. That is all we got for camp today. We're we're oh, we've rounded we're, up all the camp news. This we've is rounded up all the rookie camp news thus far. We'll be back once, especially once the veterans report and everything like that. It's gonna be good. It's great to have football content again. It's great to have real things to talk about. Beautiful. So with that being in mind, we're going to go back into projection land <laughs> and we're gonna talk yes. about some of the roster construction 50 may 53 man you know kind of roster projections and things like that and whether or not we think that maybe this team is better than last year's super bowl winning team maddie do we just want to go position by position is that yeah, what I think that, here? so I think the way we're going to do this, I whipped up myself a little uh, sheet to keep track here. Oh, so I buddy. will keep track. I love it. But we are, we're going to go through. And if we think a guy is a lock in a position, I got a spot to put him in the locks. And if we don't know if it's a lock, I got a maybe slot. And then we can circle back to all the maybes to round out the final 53 if we need to. So um, perfect. I assume we can start at quarterback. Uh, I got one guy. I got two guys down as a lock. Uh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Blaine Gabbert. I wanted Correct. to ask you. Do you think there's any chance that they would keep two quarterbacks and Blaine Gabbert is not the second one? 
Um, no, no, I okay. don't at all. I, I, I'm with you. We've talked about quarterback recently, so I won't belabor the point. But Blaine Gabbert was brought in here for a reason. They like Shane Duchel. I, I'm on board with them keeping him, but he's not a lock. I think Blaine Gabbert is an absolute lock for this team. Yeah, no, and I'm with you. I think, yeah, I think if they only keep two, it has to be Blaine Gabbert. If they keep, if Shane Buchel's the backup, I think they keep three and Gabbert's the third, right? It's like, I think no matter what, Gabbert is going to be a lock on the team. So I went to there. I put Buchel down as a maybe, right? At this point, you know, I don't think we'll circle back. I don't think we'll circle back. Yeah, I'm not ready to go to a lock. Uh, Running backs, why don't you run me through the guys you think that are locked into this roster? No matter what, you would stake a claim on it of your living in Colorado. Oh man, I don't like putting my my presence out here. Like I, I put in a lot of work to get out here. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't like leaving that at Andy. Yeah. Reed's so be sure. Yikes. Okay, a lock. Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, <laughs> no, Jared McKinnon. I think is also a lock. Um, yes. I am going to say. There's a third running back that is an absolute lock for this team. I just don't know if it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And it's simply from a trade perspective. It's not a cut perspective at all. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is on a 53-man roster for some team this year, absolutely at cut-down day. Like, I fully believe that. I'm about 75% sure it's with the Chiefs, but he is one of the few guys that I think actually holds some trade value, holds the ability to contribute for a team, especially in the current climate where there's going to be some running backs holding out, there may be a team that looks at this and goes, hey, listen, we'll throw a fifth-round pick. We'll throw a fourth-round pick or a player swap or something like that to make sure that our running back position is solidified. So I am saying that there's going to be three running backs. I'll go ahead and call Clyde a lock, but okay. I that's the one I'm least comfortable about. So you're giving Clyde a lock over Daenerys Prince? I am giving Clyde a lock okay. over Daenerys Prince. Daenerys Prince, strong maybe. Though, yeah, and Daenerys Prince could play himself into a lock at camp with Clyde going somewhere else. Yes. So here's my, I guess, my next question: Without a fullback, do we think that only three guys are a lock, or do we think it's a lock they keep four? And if that's the case, is there even any competition for it being Daenerys Prince? Right? Is Lamichael Pirine really competing no. for that fourth spot? Right. So I mean, I, I'll, I'm okay keeping Daenerys Prince as a maybe for now, um, just because of that. But like, I feel like they kind of have to keep four running backs with no fullback. So like I I feel like he might even be close too. We'll keep him as a maybe for now. So like right yeah. now that puts us at four uh, locks. We still have two guys right now sitting as a maybe or no five guys that are locks. Two guys sitting as a maybe as we move on to wide receiver. Ooh, Ooh, boy, see, this is, is a, this, this is where we're gonna steal some stuff here, and this is why this I'm, is I'm reticent. Yeah, this is reticent to uh, why I was reticent to pick more than a couple guys at some of these positions because this group could make themselves more valuable to claim some of this spot. Kadarius Tony's a lock. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a lock. Rasheed Rice is a lock. Mm-hmm. After that... Sky Moore's a lock. Sky Moore's a lock. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, I'm completely blanking. Sky Moore's a lock. After that, there's going to be some combination of Richie James, Justin Ross, Justin Watson, Amir Smith-Marset... Uh, John Ross, I, I think those are realistically. I, I'll throw in Jerry on Ely with a real outside chance Ooh, at making okay. this roster as a wide receiver. It may be that kind of blended wide receiver running back kind of role there. 
Those guys are the guys that two of them at least are going to make this team. And I don't know who those two are yet right now. I think leaders in the clubhouse, Justin Watson, obviously. I think Richie James is as well. And Justin Ross has a very strong claim to one of those spots. I'm not ready to make any of those guys full locks yet, though, Maddie. Sure. Okay, so I I, I want to go ahead and just like whittle it down. Now, we have four locks. I don't, well, They're not going to keep more than seven wide receivers, right? Uh, man. I don't they know. And, Andy Reid does. Andy Reid doesn't like to keep more than six. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they won't keep more. They won't keep an eighth, right? I like don't know. No. Okay. No, they're not doing it. Okay. Eight. So let's whittle out some of these maybe's. Right. We have Justin Watson, Richie James, Justin Ross, John Ross, and Amir Smith Marset as as maybe's right now. Uh, I guess actually, I mean, I'm going to add Nico Remigio to this as well. Um, I mean, he He's made a game play there buzz, man. On. Yeah. Turner. So like. We have what what six guys in a maybe slot uh, while we already have four locks. That's 10 wide receivers on the board. I want to start getting some of these guys out. I'm going to take out Amir Smith-Marset. I yeah. would be pretty shocked if he makes it, right? So I want to pull him out. Do okay. we really think John Ross? I've I've been the one to kind of build the case about being the I know you threat, have. But do we really think he has a real chance? Like, is it a real, real chance based on everything we know that they would Man. spit these roster spots that speed though that speed is the yeah. one thing it really okay. is the only thing keeping him in the conversation it is but no i'm, I'm gonna say no yeah. i'm gonna say no okay good yeah we gotta make i mean we're gonna have to make this decision yeah, now or later nah. so like i'm yeah. fine making it now i i am okay with leaving these four guys here in the maybe section justin watson justin ross richie james and nico Romeo, all as the okay. babies and we can come back and fill this out yeah, a we'll little bit later yeah titans travis kelsey noah gray for sure, for sure locks. I think you can lock in a, another tight end, if not two. Yes. Are we willing to say the names though? Or do we think yeah. there's a little bit more up for grabs? You think that you can say that you think that it's Jody. I'm, right, I'm willing to Bell. say Jody Fortson's a lock. Uh, okay. Jody Fortson's a lock. They, they've they invested a lot into Jody Fortson when he has been healthy. He has played a lot for this team. So yeah. I, I think, I think that it, and down the stretch, Blake Bell was a healthy scratch towards the end of the season. Jody Fortson is a lock. Now, I am almost willing to say that there's a fourth tight end lock on this team, though. Like, this is one of the few positions that I feel very confident they're going to keep a fourth tight end. Agreed. I just don't know that it's going to be Blake Bell. <laughs> okay, so then we got Blake Bell, Matt Bushman. Kendall Blanton, and Matt Bushman all yeah. in the possible maybe category. Do we think those guys are all about equal I mean, if they're all equal, they're going to keep Blake Bell. He just knows the playbook. He he knows right. he knows enough of that. I can also see that this might be a position where a trade or a pickup could happen for a tight end or something like that. If they yeah. get into camp and they're just a little bit like, hey, it'd be cool if we had a little more juice here. Or there's a young guy that another team's not as quite as in love with. This fourth tight end spot could be the spot that we see that filled. So... Here's the thing. We have to make this decision later. We can come back to it mm -hmm. later or we can do it now. Because I think we both agree. He's we amazing. want there to be a... Yeah, yeah. But there's a full tight end for sure. So we should for just sure. make the decision now. Is it Blake Bell? Is it Matt Bushman? Who is it? Let's call it Blake we, Bell. Okay. Let's call it Blake Bell. We just need to put the, a body in there because we know they're... I mean, no, but we think they're keeping four, right? So... Yeah. 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 And we also know that we need to take a break. 
We'll be oh. right back. We're going to finish up the offense and do the defense after this. Much better ad. this time around. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. We are breaking down the Chiefs' 53-man roster, going position by position. We have done quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. It is time for offensive line, Maddie, we're just going to do this oh, as a bulk, right? You sure, want sure. to do yes. bulk? And yes, a quick update. Absolutely. We have 15 locks right now okay. between quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Okay, so 15 locks. That means you have 10 slots left. But don't forget, we don't have a full wide receiver room. We That's probably true. don't have a full running back room. That's and true. we technically only have two quarterbacks right now. Okay, so mm-hmm. I don't think we can put a full 10 into the offensive line room. But like so we, we start filling this out. So you start yelling off guys that are locks, and I'll chime okay. in if I disagree with one. All right. Juwan Taylor, lock. Trey Smith, lock. Creed Humphrey, lock. Joe Tooney, lock. Donovan Smith, lock. I've got Wanya yes. Morris as a lock. I've got Nick yes. Allegretti as a lock. I am going to yes. go ahead and lock in, of course, Wanya Morris who is getting some reps as the backup left tackle. And then I'm going to add a ninth offensive lineman and Darian Kennard as a lock, a full lock for this team. I don't know, Maddie, if there's another guy uh, like Austin Ryder, Prince Chigawinogo, like Mike Caliendo. These are guys that we like, but I think this team likes those nine guys better than everybody else that I listed there. Did you you included Lucas Yang in that? I did, yes. Okay, okay. Sorry, I didn't know if I heard. Oh, uh, maybe I Wanye said Wanye Morris. twice. I meant Lucas oh, yeah. and I meant no, Wanye. So they, you're thank good. you, Carter Kellogg, in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're good. I thought I, that's what I was wondering. That's what I was wondering too. And to get us to the nine. Um, okay. I I mean, like at this point in time, like I'm with you. I don't think that they only keep one backup offensive tackle, that being Wanye Morris. I don't know if Darian Kennard is a guard and or a tackle yet. I don't know if they see him as a flex at that position. I think they would lean Niang over Prince Tiga. So I am okay with going with the nine for this, for that simple reason that I do think that they, I don't, I don't know what to do with Kennard and Niang yet. I don't feel super strong about them being locks, but I think they will roster guys in those positions. And as of right now, before camp starts, I see no reason that it wouldn't be those guys and it'd be anyone else, if that makes any sense. I do think if there's a position that Andy Reid tends to just kind of go chalk with more often than not, guys that he's just kind of comfortable with, guys that have been on the roster for a little while. I mean, Austin Ryder's on this roster right now. and is They practice squatted him last year, I believe. They did. They did, but he stuck around for a long time on this roster as a guy because Andy Reid likes having guys that know the system. Like ha- likes having veterans that can teach other young guys and bring them along. So a Lucas Nye makes a ton of sense. He knows the system. Like he knows exactly the way that Andy Heck wants him to play too. So regardless of what you think about him, his value may be just being there, running through drills, giving examples, showing some of those things. I think that that's more important to Andy Reid than taking, you know, a gamble on another guy that maybe has a higher ceiling, but needs a few seasons to kind of realize that. All right. Now here, here's my only pushback here and why, but I think we should slide the to the maybe category. 
That put us at 24 locks mm-hmm. and we only have four wide receivers mm-hmm. and only three running backs and two quarterbacks. Yep. I don't know if we can eat into the defense that much to lock in nine offensive linemen on this first pass. That's uh, that we can like right now, if we keep Niang as a lock, we only have one, two more roster spots for the entire offense. Do you, do you feel okay with that? I, I, I think my Shane Bichelle decision has just been made. Like okay. I really do. Like I, that's how, that's how confident I feel in that. Yeah. I feel okay. like, and again, Andy's carried two quarterbacks multiple times, especially with like a veteran backup, Chad Henney, you know, around like he's kept two quarterbacks multiple times. So it's not like he need it, it's necessity that he carries yeah. three. So I can get one back there. I can get a wide receiver, a couple of wide receivers and be fine with three running backs. Like I, I can, I can work that out. Yeah. Okay. So we are sitting here. We have our two quarterbacks. We have our three running backs, four wide receivers, four tight ends, nine offensive linemen, at 24 offensive players. Do we want to finish the offense and then do defense? Or do we just want to go through the defense and come back to everybody? Let's go to the defense and then we'll come back to some maybes. Yeah. Okay. Defensive linemen. Um, let's mm. go. George Carl Loftus. Lock, yeah. Chris Jones. Ominahue. So I'm just kind of doing it and like what I think that line, like the, the starting lineup is going to be. And then you're going to have a Dana, a Coburn, uh, mm-hmm. Elix. This is where I'm stalling out here for a very specific reason. Is Colin Saunders starting the year active? What do we think? Colin Saunders? Not Colin Saunders. Tershawn Wharton. Tershawn Wharton, yes. Um, I, I, ooh. See, the fact that they've already put him on the pup list, I think means that it could be, if he doesn't start it, I got to remember my pup rule. See, I, I believe he can come off of it eventually if he starts it on the active pup list. It's the fact that he can't start practicing and then go on the pup list and not miss a significant amount of time. I, I'm i going to say that Tershawn Wharton is not ready for the season based on how Andy Reid is talking about him right now. So let's say that he's not a 53-man lock. Okay, so then we're looking at George Karloftis, Charles O'Minahue, Mike Dana, and Felix, Derek Nottie, Chris Jones, and Keandre Coburn. That puts us at a seven. Yeah. I don't That's love the three tech. I don't like I don't like the backup three tech options though. Like if Turk isn't there, like who's it gonna be? Like who's who's gonna be that other guy? Now, I do think BJ Thompson is making this roster. I really do. Uh, he okay. I think he's filled out pretty well right now. Um, and I don't okay. think that they're going to be able to stash him on the practice squad. Whereas I truly do believe that they can stash Truman Jones on the practice squad. So I, I, okay. I, I don't think he's going to vault in front of BJ Thompson. And mm. I think because that room is a little bit light, we were only up to seven there. I don't think it hurts them to keep a BJ Thompson. They, uh, hell, sure. they kept, they kept Malik Herring. They kept, you know, uh, well, Josh Kando. That was my next point. Yeah. With no with no Tershawn Wharton, Malik Herring has to be a little enticing because he does Ooh. offer that ability to kick Just inside. Just as a, a heavier bit. guy. Yeah. He's done it. It gives him a little bit more, you know, a little bit more of a stout run. I, I just, it's a guy that I would, I, I put him over in the maybe category, right? Because I'm not ready to say he's a lock. Sure. We have the eight locks right now. I, 
I'm okay with giving BJ Thompson the spot. I would say this though, if your defensive line is light on players, I don't know if BJ Thompson's a guy I'm saying definitely on the roster because he's a guy sure. I don't know how much he can play. Like that's just my can like it's only question. More there. of a it's more of a I don't think he clears waivers thing. I would agree with that thing. And I you know the the team typically does this with at least one guy every single year. I mean Shane Buchel. He wasn't going to clear waivers, so they made sure that he was on the active roster and all of that. I am hoping that Charles Omenahue can kick into three tech a little bit. Mike Dana certainly in the dime has you know kicked inside and and passing downs. It's going to be that early down work. Maybe we see a little bit more Coburn and Naughty on the field together, just as kind of really heavy interior on some early downs, just to give Chris Jones a breather. And maybe they're okay with. Chris Jones playing as many snaps as he did last year. I mean, played a lot. Elephant in the room. Like almost literally. Danny Shelton's still here. They kept him yeah. all last year, played him a little bit, not much, and then he's still here. You have three defensive tackles on this roster without Sean Wharton. I, Danny Shelton is a strong overlap with Coburn and Naughty from a skill set standpoint. I agree. But, but. Does he even, do we even give him an inkling of a thought here? He played for them a little bit. It was an elevation, right? He was a practice squad elevation and then played a little yes. bit. Yes, he did. 3D tackles, one of which is a rookie. I don't know, man. That seems like a guy that if Tershawn Wharton is on the pup, so his would be dependent entirely on Tershawn Wharton going on the pup list. But if you see Wharton's not ready, I don't know. Danny Shelton might have a pretty good path to the roster if they don't make a move. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. And again, I, I want to clarify. I looked it up here. Turk Wharton, if he finishes the preseason still on the pup list, he can be moved to the reserve pup list, and they must yes. sit out the first four weeks of the regular season. Yes. That's it. It's just four weeks. I could see this team saying we can get by on the interior for the first four weeks, and then see what happens after that with him yeah. there. So. I, I, I'm I okay. Yeah, that. I'm okay with yeah. the eight locks and then keeping these guys over here. If we maybe have some extra spots, we can we can turn that out. Yeah, linebackers. Okay. Nick Bull, done. Yeah, Drew Tranquil, check done. <laughs> uh, Willie Gay, yes. Check. Okay. Yes. Want to make sure? Leo Chanel, check. Check. Like I think they're all okay. four locks. I, I think yes. those are your four locks, and I, I think there could be a fifth guy. Jack Cochrane, maybe, uh, who, Isaiah Moore, maybe we might see some of that, but Can't I know. think they that have, those they have options. Guys, yes, they have options. They have options. I know that we we've talked about it a lot about Willie Gay and maybe his role is diminished a little bit with some of this. There's been a lot of conversation about that. He's still a very valuable member to this team though. Linebackers yeah. get hurt. Man, there is con a year after year, you're gonna have somebody that has to step in, has to fill a role. Willie Gay Jr. can fill the Sam linebacker role, can fill the Will linebacker role. I he's gonna be able to play in multiple different spots in this scheme for almost everything except for the dime. So with that in mind, like he's way too valuable and he's going to get to play special teams, which he already does, but he's way too valuable to this team to not have him be a lock already. Yes, I, I agree. Um, that pushes us to 36 locks mm -hmm. heading into the defensive back room. Um, I feel like. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is something. All right. Um, okay. So we got Trent McDuffie lock. Um, you got Sneed, Locke. You have Locke. Watson, Williams, Locke, right? Right. Uh -huh. uh, Nazee yeah. Johnson, 
luck, right? I mean, the way after Tobe just I mean, about him. Dave Tobe won't shut up about him. So I, I think he he's about as locky as you get for a fringe defender on this roster. Yes. Right. I want to come have a conversation about Nick Jones, but I want to do the safety parts first. Well, so we yeah, got we'll do Justin first. Reed and we Done. got Brian Cook. Done. Lock, lock. Edwards, yes. lock. Um. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and say lock because right. there. I I I think you know we got five corners. They typically carry ten defensive backs. We are up to eight defensive backs right we now. Are. I think that Mike Edwards is a lock there. I'm not ready to say lock to another safety yet here at this Same. point. I know that I know that we got Chamari Connor. And we've got oh. Nick Jones still kicking around here. If you wanted to tell me right. that you thought that those two guys are going to finish out this group, I'd believe it. Like, I, and then I think that's the team. favorites. I yeah. think that would be your favorites. <laughs> that said, though, I did want to hold off on locking because here's, I, I think you and I see Shamari Connor a, a slight bit different at this point, but I'm ready to say if he's not looking like a first team special teamer, I don't know if he has a spot over a Nick Jones, over a Nasee Johnson or uh Nasee. I don't know if he has a spot over any of these other guys. Like that's that's where my one question comes in with Connor. Um, I think running the numbers down, he probably makes the team because I mm-hmm. don't he would have to be really bad for them to put Dion Bush on the roster over him and then keep six cornerbacks or feel okay. I would agree. But, mm-hmm. But I don't think it's entirely out of the question, right? So, like, I'm going to slide him into a lock be- mm-hmm. for this specific reason of uh, I think they'll keep four safeties no matter what, and I don't have a real reason to say Deion Bush will definitely make it over him right now. And now, Deion Bush did play on defense for this team and was a special teamer for this very team. Very good special teamer. A very good special teamer. So I can understand that, but I can see one of these where – Steve Spagnuolo comes over and puts his thumb on the scale for Jamari Connor, just from the defensive standpoint. It's like, hey, listen, Dave, you're getting these guys. You're getting Naze. You're getting these other guys that that matter a lot to you and your special teams. I'm going to go ahead and say that we're going with the young athlete that can kind of play in multiple different spots in my defense. I got a vision for this kid. Let me have him. 73% of the special team snaps. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole lot of special, especially when you consider what's he missing out on, like kicking team, like field goal and extra point. Yeah. How many of those missing out snaps are just field goal and extra point? You know what I mean? It's like, that's a lot of snaps. Now you're adding a Nick Jones. We maybe have some receivers filling in there. Right. So like Mm -hmm. there is options to not be him. It's just, he played a lot of special team snaps. Now as I look Bush was very necessary to the special teams last year in part because those rookie corners had to play so much defense last year, like so much. So some of that kind of gotten taken off of their plate a little bit. So I can see why Deion Bush ended up playing so much more where maybe in a year like this, they're just kind of insulating that with younger guys rather than Bush. I I, I can see the path. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight on the lock for him yet uh, for that because of that. But I want to say like, that's a lot of special teams reps. If Chamari Connor is struggling on teams and he is very clearly your fourth safety, no contest that, and he's a day three guy. Yeah. That's not out of pocket to try to do that as a practice squad move. That's not entirely out of pocket. Okay. So we're sitting here at eight defensive backs. No way. They only keep eight. Now comes back. Deion Bush and his special teams. 
or Nick Jones, who Nick Jones. has drawn praise. Okay, he has drawn mm-hmm. praise from Dave Tobe already, so there is a level of confidence there in his special teams ability. But at the same time, you know, we just talked about it. Deion Bush played a lot. I'll give it to Nick Jones because I believe he was also talked about as possibly being a slot corner and the Chiefs liking yeah. him in a backup role there. That's That yeah. was the tipping point for me. And on top of that, his ability to block kicks is significant as is BJ Thompson's ability to block kicks. Yeah. Both of those guys, very good at that. After they lost Tano Passigno, y- you didn't see as, mit- as much of that presence on the interior. I'm wondering, I don't have anything to back this up. I am wondering if Dave Tobe saw some of the ways that teams approached him in the kicking game and went, oh, the launch angle is much different against us than it used to be because we don't have some of that length in the middle. We don't have a guy screaming off the edge that maybe can threaten quite as much and made sure to kind of be like, hey, I realize that you guys kind of like these guys on defense. I can change the way that teams kick against us if you give me a couple of these guys that can be on the roster. So for that reason alone, I think that Nick Jones is more of a lock than Shamari Connor, despite being a lower round pick than him. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say that's what about Khalif Halasi? Um, you know, if he impresses, sure. Like we only have nine right now, right? We have nine defensive backs. We kind of leave there's a potential here. Am I wrong on nine? Hold on, I feel like I might be wrong on nine. One, two, three, no, four, you're wrong on nine three, because we three, didn't three. we didn't lock up Shamari Connor. So we were only at nine. Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm going to lock up Connor, and that actually puts us at 10, correct? Am there you I... go. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right, so that puts us at 10. I, I would say Cliff, would, he would have to outplay a Connor directly, one-on-one special teams, and they would have to foresee their defensive role being the same, and he would have to be so much better than Deion Bush defensively to overtake. Like It's a long shot. It's not impossible. It's just a long shot, and being at the beginning of camp, I don't see the path until we start to see more there. Um, okay. Total. We then have we got three locks in Harrison Butker, Tommy Townsend, and James Winchester yes. on special teams. So yeah, that we don't puts need us it. at forty-eight total, right? Forty-eight okay. total. But I wanted to say this defensively. I think um, I, two. I feel four. good. Feel good. I feel okay. pretty good defensively. We have 10, 18. We have twenty-two defensive players. That's not yeah. enough. That's not enough. Uh, but I I feel like the foundation is really yeah. good, and um. Uh, we can go Ooh. ahead and throw in. Let's throw in a fifth linebacker. Uh, you want to throw in Cochrane or you want to throw in Isaiah Moore? I think at this point in time, we'll do Cochrane because we've seen okay. him, right? Like, we like it's beginning a camp, right? Like, there's no yes. reason for me to say for sure someone else is going to take it over. I think adding Drew Tranquil and giving him a green dot makes a guy yeah. like Isaiah Moore, who's a little bit more of a thumper, like less of a necessity when you have somebody else that can take the guard. Squad green dot. that man. Practice squad, that man. Great practice squatter right there. Yeah, I think, I think only eight defensive linemen's too light. I think I so don't too. Think enough. So you're pushing. Are we going to say Turk's healthy? Are we going to add Herring, Shelton, or Truman Jones? I'm going to say that Turk is coming in week five or six. So I think they're going to try and piece it together on the initial 53 man roster. Did they keep and eight, and for I the first the- couple weeks, nine. I'm going to say they're going to add a ninth there. Um, it's got to be somebody on the interior. So, so either Shelton Malik Herring. Yeah. Do you want to play Malik Herring at three tech? Or do you want to play Danny Shelton, who's kind of a mirror of Derek Naughty and Keandre Coburn a little bit as well? I did Herring because I don't think I trust BJ 
Thompson yet to play anything besides pure pass rushing down. So if you need it, and you know, I mean, listen, Felix is also early on, you know, dealt with a little bit of a wrist injury. No guarantee that this rookie is going to be ready to play. So you give me Herring there. That puts us at nine. That added two more guys. That puts us at what, 24 defensive guys? Yeah, I believe that's correct. So I think that's good. I am willing to go into the season with 24 defenders. It has happened before. Sure. Just so you know. 2016, he did it. So, uh, yeah. So we have two spots left. Mm -hmm. Two roster spots left right now. We have two quarterbacks. We have Mm -hmm. three running backs. And we have four wide receivers and four tight ends. What, What are we feeling with this? We got the four tight ends, right? We do have the four tight okay. ends. We went ahead so and we're going to leave that alone. I am going to add, we've got four wide receivers. Is that what you said? We didn't yeah, we in. only have uh, four wide well, we receivers. Have, we got to get in. to six. We got to get to six. I And I feel like you're sacrificing that third quarterback spot and the fourth running back spot for the fact that you need to get more wide receivers in. Um, we willing to lock in uh, Richie James and Justin Watson? And, and call the room good. I, I know that leaves like, everybody's perennial favorite, Justin Ross, on the outside. And I don't like doing it either, but. Ooh. I, okay, so I like, so we're getting some we're getting some comments here. We got some people asking for Buchel and Prince. I forgot about Prince, so we still don't have Prince in there yet. Buchel and Watson. Like, we got a couple people asking for <sighs> Buchel. Um, yeah, I get it. I get. I, I understand they, the they why. Kept, I'm just not on board Bouchel with it. Alive. Yeah. I don't know if the team this year can stand to keep a third quarterback when they have so much uncertainty at a couple positions. Not bad. They're not bad positions, but they have too much uncertainty at certain positions. I think for Bouchel. at this point in time, I don't want to put Bouchel as my lock. I'm going to keep him to the practice squad. Um, I think Prince. Daenerys Prince is a lock. I don't think there's any chance they only have three running backs. I I don't think there's any chance they only have three running backs and no fullback. Yeah. And that puts I, us in a pickle. I, I'm, that puts I'm still us in a pickle. Fullback rule with the tight end. That's kind of the I way agree. I'm looking at it. And um oh, man. And so then you're gonna go with five wide receivers. I don't think this room is anchored enough at wide receiver to where you can only carry five. Like there, it's not good enough. When Andy Reid has carried five wide receivers in the past, you know who he had? Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, like guys that that were expected to carry a load. You know, it was different the approach to it. There's a lot of young guys. There's a lot of unproven guys on this team. I don't think that you can walk in with five guys that either have injury questions. Or, you know, production questions and say, yep, we're good with this group. Yeah. I. Whew. Okay. So who's your first wide receiver in after MVS, Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony, and Rasheed Rice? Justin Watson. It's Justin, okay, Justin Watson. Watson. Yeah. That puts us at a five there, right? That puts us at a full on five. We went nine, nine, five. I'm just counting in all the spots. Mm-hmm. Sure, I have all of our mathing correct. Remove Herring and use three practice squad call-ups on Shelton the first four weeks. Possibly. I mean, it's definitely or, a move they can make. Or Herring, even. 
or Herring yeah, could be in the could. practice squad um, call up. It's a possibility. Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't rule that out. I wouldn't rule that out as a move, but like, it's just 20, having only what, 23 defensive players on a roster. That just is something. The offensive makeup is just so different this year because there is is so, there are so many young guys. There are so many guys that aren't all the way proven and guys that they also like. So I feel like my Steve Spagnuolo would like that. We might have (laughs) one extra spot than what I just said. So hold on. Oh, okay. We might be okay. Listen, I'm fine with working on more constraints. Do we have uh, no, no, no. two? All right. So we're looking at it here. All right. I'm going to add Daenerys Prince to this. I think okay. he's making That's going to be my one add. I think we still have space for that. For gives Richie us James. One more spot now. Yeah. That gives you another wide receiver or a quarterback, as I think what we're coming down to ultimately. I'm I think we're getting that six wide receiver or you're getting a third quarterback. I feel like in the way we've run this out, we want Richie James. Uh, no, I want Justin Ross, but I think it's going to be Richie James. Yeah. Okay. So I'm putting Richie James in there. All right. Now I'm going to read off everybody we have. Somebody can yell at me if the mathing is wrong and blame, uh, blame my spreadsheet math uh, ability here. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Blaine Gabbert, quarterback, running back, okay. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Zilaire, generic Prince. That's four running backs. Six mm-hmm. wide receivers in MVS, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, Richie James. Four tight ends with Travis Kelsey, Jody Fortson, Noah Gray, and Blake Bell. Offensive line, we ended up with nine from Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, Wanya Morris, Nick Allegretti, Lucas Diang, and Darian Kennards. That was nine offensive linemen. What does that put us at total on the offensive side? 10, 19, 21, 26. Right? Is that math right? Yeah. No, that's only 25. That's only 25. That's only... We got a spot. What? Who am I we missing? We got a spot. I no. don't know. Okay, Justin Ross is on this team. I'm keeping seven. <laughs> You're going I'm seven still, Justin I'm Ross still not paving the way for Shane Buchel. Okay, still I'm not paving the way. You guys can yell at Craig for that one. That's a Justin Ross. Um, we have. You think anybody's going to yell at me about me keeping Justin yes. Ross on the roster nine this offseason? George Karloftis, Charles Omeniu, Mike Dana, Felix, B- and BJ Thompson, plus Derek Nottie, Chris Jones, Keandre Coburn, and Malik Herring. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that was nine. Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay, Leo Chanel, and Jack Conkren make up your five linebackers. We have 10 defensive backs with Trent McDuffie, Legarius Sneed. Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, Nizzy Johnson, Nick Jones, Justin Reed, Brian Cook, Mike Edwards, and Shamari Connor. That gives you 10, 19, 24 guys on the defensive end. That is 50 total players. I feel like that actually ended up going a little better. That extra spot that we had, the the math was calculating wrong, saved us. And we added, instead of Shane Buchel, the third quarterback spot, we got in Justin Ross. You're right. Yeah, this this is this is part for the course for me. Any game that I'm playing, I somehow make it more difficult than it's supposed to be, and it still worked out, buddy. It still yeah, worked I out. I was happened. still I was I comfortable the with the 52. I don't know how the math got wrong there. It, I was going, I was looking at, I was like, I don't think this is right as I was going. So I wanted I wanted to count stuff. Um, so I would say the first guy off, the guy that's most likely to, the guy most likely to make this roster out of the guys that we kept off, Shane Buchel. Yeah, a tight end. Uh, no, not a tight end because we kept four. Um, Truman Jones, Danny Shelton, Cam Cam Jones, or Isaiah Moore. 
or Dion Bush. Like those, those are kind of the guys that we had the most discussion about of Buchel, um, Dion Bush, and who was the other? Oh, Truman Jones, I'm gonna say are the three most likely to make the roster that we left out there, and then probably Remigio after that. I think Remigio, I, I, I'm gonna be contra- okay, I'm gonna be contrarian here because I think what? Shane Buchel would make it over Justin Ross. I think if that's Probably. what it came down to, I think he makes it. And if that's the case, if Shane Buchel is not an option, Nico Romeo is my first guy off. He is my 54th player. I asked you guys to put that in the five-star reviews. If you do that, please, 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 please do. He's my first guy off. And it's not because I think he's the seventh wide receiver or the eighth wide receiver or whatever, or the sixth. It's because he makes it over Richie James by being a better returner. I'm not saying he is, but like that's his path. And if he's the I better returner, that. He makes it over Richie James. Like, that's why I think he's probably got out of the guys off this list. He's probably the guy most likely to make it if we don't include Shane Buchel. Yeah, that's and that room is not locked down. I mean, you heard us basically sitting here. It's like, I feel like we got to keep extra guys because it's so unproven and so far from being set at the top. So I can see that being the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, you're on mute, buddy. I'm making oh, an executive no. decision right now. I'm oh. removing Malik Herring from the defensive line room. We're going back to eight. We're putting Shane Buchel back in at the third quarterback spot. We are going no. down to 20. We're not going 27 and 23. We're, we are doing it because you said Turk Wharton's coming back after five, four or five weeks. Once Turk Wharton comes back, we can get rid of whoever isn't doing anything somewhere. Whether that's a you know whether that's a Justin Ross who isn't getting any playing time, whether that's Clyde who's never suiting up, whether that's a Darian Kennard, somebody on the offensive side can get out once Turk comes back. But we have the option to practice squad call up Malik Herring who is at no risk of being signed by another team. We can call him up three times. You can call Danny Shelton up three times, and then you can make it to Tershawn Wharton coming back from the pup list. I feel like we ruined all the goodwill that you and Kent built up somehow on defense. And when you and I got into it, you ruined the defense. That's going to do it for this week's edition for the Casey Laboratory begrudgingly. Uh, for, For Matt Lane and whatever he just did there, I'm Craig Stout. Be kind to each other, and we will catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.